November 28, 1974. Next scheduled news at 11 o'clock over WOR, Radio 710, The Talk of New York. And here's Gene Shepard. About, uh, about being out in the holidays that you know that nobody's listening. Um, <laughs> nobody with sense, anyway. Happy <laughs> I see uh, that, you know, you know what's happening, of course, in, uh, in uh, at least two major areas in Philadelphia. Because this is Thanksgiving, and uh, I'm going to frankly admit it's Thanksgiving. I'm going to concede it. But, uh, uh, of course, I don't think... Uh, one of the major problems that our society has these days is that is that the holidays uh, don't have a, a defined, distinct meaning to the walking around person. Not like if you lived in a fishing village in Portugal, and you uh, you know you have your annual uh, mid-November celebration of the time that the whale came in and swallowed the town, and uh, you know two thousand years ago they they you've seen those types of uh, celebrations when they walk around with a paper whale and they sing strange. Uh, you've been probably in a few native celebrations, haven't you yourself? Of course, I was in. Uh, uh, we have a lot of them on our own way. For example, the uh, cow chip throwing championship of uh, Oklahoma City is a native uh, celebration. Which uh, I've enjoyed. Well, now wait a minute. That's nowhere near as uh, exotic as several uh, uh, celebrations that I attended around the world at time to time. But here it is. It's Thanksgiving. Now it's very hard to explain to a person what Thanksgiving is about. I mean, uh, and, you know, you sit down. You have to say uh, what you're thankful for. Well, what are you thankful for? Well, there's some pretty basic things. For one thing, you could have been born a slob. Now. Uh, now, aren't you pleased that you're one of the sensitive people? Aren't you really? 
I mean, one of the sensitive people with great insight, uh, humane impulses and all the good things, you know, all those goodies. You could have been born uh, one of the, you know, one of the human crocodiles. And so you could give the thanks for that, right? You're sensitive, right? And you have, uh, you have right thoughts. And you're an intelligent person. Uh, no question about it. You wouldn't conceivably be listening if you weren't here. You'd be down there, you know, with all that acne music and stuff. And, and uh, there are many things to give thankful for, you know, give thanks for. But in Philadelphia, there's a big uproar. You see, a couple of the local high schools gave up playing uh, uh, Thanksgiving football. And uh, there's a big upset about it because this is part of the tradition. You see, this is what's happening to America. That we're losing our traditions. What little tradition we have, we're losing. <laughs> and what is more traditional than the Thanksgiving football game? Uh, I, I, I think about the only other thing that would be more traditional would be Macy Santa Claus, wouldn't you say? Right, and and uh, possibly the Easter Bunny at Barasini's candy shops. That's probably the next most uh, uh, basically uh, American traditional thing. You agree that that big chocolate bunny? You remember that bunny there? So, uh, sure you do. Of course you do. And the obscene mother's cards? Listen, I've seen some mother cards recently that uh, it have, takes a very broad-minded mother uh, to accept some of these. Because actually, they're never sent to mothers. They're sent back and forth. So you can spell mother different ways. I, I don't want to get into that either. That's a, another uh, psychological, sociological uh, outgrowth of the recent years. However, I would like to say this, that the defeat of... Uh, Thanksgiving football has left a void in some people's minds. I mean, you just can't get involved watching, say, uh, uh, Texas Polytech uh, play Auburn uh, with Kurt Gowdy doing the, uh, during the uh, by-play there. It's just not quite the same as seeing East Plainfield take on Wachung. Now, that's, <laughs> now that's traditional. It really is. And, uh, and you're, you're listening to a guy, and if, if you have not attended their have not been part of this tradition for some time. I feel like, uh, you know, relating old tales uh, here. Uh, within a short time, within five or six years, uh, old-timers will, will dandle children upon their knee and talk about the old days when America was a great place. You know, they, they always have this impression. It used to be a great place. Now it's rotten, of course. But when it used to be a great place, they, they had Thanksgiving Day football. Uh, you know, that, that's beginning to infect television terribly. Have any of you had a chance to look at this Apple show? Unbelievable. Uh, in many, many, it's sick. <laughs> I mean, this guy keeps, the, the, there's a guy in it that, who's apparently the leading character, and his name is Apple, and uh, all he talks about is the old days. He does not talk about anything else. And he's always got a sad look on his face when he does it. He's always saying, but, uh, Amanda, the children should know about how they're, grandmother made hairpins out of bailing wire and uh, this Sunday we're all going to make hairpins out of bailing wire and Amantha says yes we're returning to the days of our ancestors George and he says no my name is not George it's uh, it's actually Caleb you know all the ancestors in my family were named Caleb before the 20th century and I've taken on the name Caleb now and uh, you know have you seen this thing <laughs> it's canceled great now of course now the actors will be talking around as they, they you know, I can just see George Apple discussing it with his agent listen agent I remember the old days when I was getting them residuals what's happened here but uh, you know yeah, there you go there's that cynical rotten shepherd again 
But I, I remember, I, you're listening to a guy that actually not only took part in, but was a leading participant in several, uh, in several uh, Thanksgiving Day celebrations and involved football games. Now, uh, so I, I'd say the world is really basically divided into two or three types of people. One type of person uh, is, the, is the person who has actually played organized football. And then there's the type that either write about it, talk about it, or gawk at it, or drink beer while it's happening. You, you agree? Once you've played football, you can never look at the game the same as, uh, you know, the guy that just goes out to the game. I've always envied that type, because uh, whenever I get around the football game, I always identify. Like a couple of weeks ago, I went out to see Princeton play Cornell. Just, a, you know, the great traditional game, and, uh, and uh, they had cheerleaders and the whole business. Yeah, uh, the, the same thing. Uh, the only thing is that uh, I notice a very interesting difference between pro football and college football, and that is the amount of exuberance on the bench. It is very, it, it's almost non-existent in college football. Would you believe it? It's the other way around? Oh, I mean, yeah, you, you, you see, when they take a shot, a long shot, say, of, of a guy like Len Swan, see, who's playing pro ball, and he has just intercepted a, a pass, and there's a shot. He jumps up and down and yells and throws the ball into the stands. You see that? You know, <laughs> you've seen that. And he, you know, and the guys jump all over him and they hit him and they kiss him and they leap up and down. Oh no! When a Princeton man scores a touchdown, uh, it's it's done with total Ivy League aplomb, and uh, there's no no unseemly emotion on the bench, none at all. Uh, so, in that sense, it's a, it's a kind of reverse. It used to be, we always thought the pros were the guys that were cool. No way, it's, it's, the, it's the college guys that play it cool. But uh, nevertheless, I remember on one Thanksgiving, and I'm gonna, this is going to be a Thanksgiving story, but it's not a happy one. It's not a happy one. No, it is not. I'm going to tell you a Thanksgiving story that involved a football game, uh, of which I was a, a, a willing and indeed eager participant up to a point uh, that was a very eager thing in the in the dressing room just prior to the kickoff. Uh, we will tell you about that. Wait a minute now! Don't don't leap at the conclusions. You're 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 you're, you're forming the end of the story before I tell you the story, and it isn't exactly the way you think. Real life never is. Never is. Real life never matches stories that are written about life. That is an unfortunate fact. That's why so many people are getting tired of fiction. <laughs> I'm beginning to believe their life is. <laughs> it's the best fiction. It's far better fiction than Philip Roth ever writes. I'll tell you, it's true fiction. <laughs> well, all right, okay. No, no, let's, let's, let's admit that one of our traditions in America has to do with sport. I think it's probably the greatest tradition. Have you noticed all the books recently that have been about the uh, Sport, you know, the whole big tradition of sport that's, that seems to be replacing rapidly uh, religion in people's lives. It really has. Uh, and and uh, have you noticed the increasing uh, violence in sport? I don't mean the sport itself. I mean among the fans. You know, the rush out the field and club a referee and all that. Well, that's happened. Oh, sure. Uh, and I think the reason this is so is because it is approaching a religious fervor. And religious fervors have always been violent. You agree with that? Oh, yes, many people will perform great violence uh, on behalf of peace, love, beauty, and religion. <laughs> you know? Oh, absolutely. 
goes back even beyond the Inquisition. That just was a culmination of it. And I can see by the year 2000 great religious wars in America. Oh, that that uh, that involve uh, religious wars of a very interesting type, like. Uh, the Cincinnati Bengal fans will pour out on the field and systematically uh, shoot right up against the wall anybody that is for the Detroit Lions. And uh, sure, these are infidels. Uh, if you've ever sat in a in a crowd uh, at a at a really major sporting event, well, well, look at our major heroes today. Let's face it, Howard Cosell is a major hero. He's uh, he's bigger than anybody. And nobody quite knows why, but he is. Have you noticed also that at, at various uh, events now today, I think the twin religions in our country, there are twins. See, religions never work in a straight line. They, they really don't. That the, If you go to any country at any given time, you will find two or three religions working in there at the same time, parallel religions, often at war. Do you agree with that? Oh, sure. Absolutely. Uh, uh, you, England uh, in the days of Henry VIII they still had druids running around and uh, they were militant druids you know you go down there plant an oak tree in defiance of the law I mean, <laughs> that's militant druidism terrible and uh, you got to stamp that kind of stuff out and uh, so in, in the case of, uh, of our world I think by the year 2000 you're going to see two great great uh, parallel angry religions there will be the sport religion, and there will be the media religion. And they fight it out sometimes. You see it, you see it right in the stadiums today. You see media freaks today holding up a great big picture. There they are in the Orange Bowl. And uh, the Miami Dolphins are battling it out with the Jets. And uh, what do you think the pictures are that they're holding up? They're holding up pictures of Howard Cosell. Bob Greasy? No, are you kidding? Pictures of Joe Namath? No, are you kidding? Pictures of Howard Cosell. Well, those are media freaks. They're not. They're not football fans. <laughs> you know, that's right. Now they're infiltrating. See, that's what often happens. And one religion that started, and you'll see they'll eventually split. And uh, sure, you know, the Howard Cosell fans will battle it out in Section Twelve with the uh, with the Joe Namath fans. I mean, the, the Namath fans actually came to see football games, whereas the Howard Cosell fans came to see if they could actually see Howard in the booth. That's what they're there for. They actually saw him. <laughs> hey, I saw him. He's really real. You know, he's not so big. You know, he's a little guy. He, he looks bigger. He's a little short guy. He looks fatter, too, in real life. You know, it's, it's like talking about a mystical religious person. You know, like uh, guys will discuss the Pope or they'll see some major saint or something, you know, and they'll carry pictures with them. Buttons. That's very important. A graven images you hold up. That's called the graven image. You know what a graven image is. Sure. And I can see the day when somebody will very, very seriously suggest that right up there on Mount Rushmore, it's either going to be Kurt Gowdy or, or possibly Howard Cosell, maybe even possibly Chris Schenkel. He's an outsider. He may, he's running out there, but he's running cool. You don't know, you know. Is it going to be Joe Namath? You forget it. Oh, you forget it. There will be, <laughs> there will be a bombast Hall of Fame eventually. And uh, so these these are all part and parcel of our of our national traditions, and I would suggest that uh, that if you really want to make uh, uh, holidays meaningful to American people, you got to stop worrying about that old stuff. I mean, how many of us can identify with the early Puritans? Not many, you know. There hasn't been a good Puritan scene in Mid Manhattan for a long time. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. And uh, 
And, you know, what are you going to do with frozen no-cal uh, veal bird turkeys? That's not quite the same. Now, yeah, yeah, you know, they've got a turkey now that when, when he's baked. Have you seen the turkey when he's roasted? There's a turkey now that is, is so subservient. Uh, up to this point, you know, it used to be believed that the dog was the first animal to truly sell out to mankind. Licks his feet and walks around, you know, all that. You will never see a leopard doing that, running around licking your feet. No way. But a dog, yeah, well, I, the turkey's even worse. You know that they now got a turkey that not only bastes itself. How's that for self-destruction? It bastes itself. In addition to that, it's got a little flag stuck right down there in the breast. When that little baby is done, the little flag comes out and says, Whoopee, hooray, I'm done. How do you like that? That is true subservience. That's really a sellout bird, I tell you. But, uh, you know, ours is not to malign the turkey world here today. The turkeys are making their own decision. There's no such thing as turkey lib. And uh, I think there should be eventually. <laughs> but uh, nevertheless, uh, the football game is, is disappearing. The only thing that is replacing it now is the television football game. That's not the same. No way. That's uh, Television football is not the same as real football football. Do you agree? In fact, I think eventually what you're going to see is uh, real national holidays will come around. I think a Super Bowl day will be a national holiday. And people will exchange Super Bowl cards. I hope we find you healthy and wise on this, the day of days. It is Super Bowl day again. And I find you, you know, I can see that. You catch little hearts around it, little Packers and bears and stuff running around. A Super Bowl day uh, should be a major holiday. I think also a major holiday. All-Star Day will be a major holiday. All-Pro Day, where we celebrate all pros, wherever they might be. But uh, I, I, having played myself in a football game that was a traditional game, I will uh, tell you, the traditional games are, are funny about that. Uh, they, uh, sometimes they're good and sometimes they're just, uh, you know, traditional. <laughs> That's all. And in this particular instance, I shouldn't really tell you this story because it's a sad story. We were playing our traditional football game. Now, I, this particular school that I was at that time, performing my dirty work for and when you play football you do uh, this particular school was at that point a state champion good good football team I mean depth I mean we had solid uh, uh, we had guys on the bench that uh, you know could have been all stars on anybody else's team a really solid ball club and uh, we had we had run through the season like uh, we were like nine and one and the end of the season, uh, and the, by the way, that one, that one was it was a six to nothing loss that came on an interception. Uh, so we really, the, the, the defensive team had not had a single point scored against it, <laughs> not in, in combat. Can you imagine that? What a club! Uh, there were a couple of points, couple of couple of uh, field goals, and that kind of stuff. But what a what a, you know, this was uh, mean. So we were playing our crosstown rivals which were traditional every year. And it was the only game we played that was a day game. All the other games were night games. You got it? All the other games were night games. And so here it was. We were playing at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. And uh, the club that we were playing was a traditional club. Uh, that is, it was a traditional game. But this club was like 2-9. and nine. 
their their record, which was their typical record. See, why we were traditional with those guys was only because we were in the same town, <laughs> and and uh, they were in the same league, but only theoretically. Uh, they were not actually in the same league, and nobody took this club seriously. And so, you know, it was one of those games everybody sort of fools around all week in practice. It was the last game of the season, too. That was another thing. We had gone through this this season uh, uh, victorious, and, and uh, everything was cool. And so the, the day of the game, uh, which was very traditional, the entire place is packed. I mean, it, 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 our, our school, this was a high school, major high school, 3,000 students in each one of these schools. And we would draw something like twenty, twenty-five thousand people to a football game. This was not, you know, this was not East Wasash, New Jersey. No way. And so here is twenty-five thousand people out there. The bands are out there with the with the uh, one one band. I remember one of the bands. It was the other the other side. They formed a turkey. Have you ever seen a moving, revolving turkey formed by a band going around out there? was uh, completely incomprehensible to the to the stand from the stand. It was okay if you had the Goodyear blimp, you may have seen something. But sitting down there on, the, uh, you know, if you were at ground level, it just looked like a bunch of guys walking around holding feathers up in the air, so uh, and trying to blow uh, the national emblem at the same time. So uh, nevertheless, you could hear the bands playing out there. And so we we were sitting in the dressing room, and a coach walking around. He says, "Now look," he said, "This is a traditional game." And uh, incidentally, dressing rooms are not at all the way they show them in, in TV and in films. Uh, I have never been in a dressing room where the coach went around and gave a speech. That's always done in TV shows when the guy says, I tell you guys, you got to get out there. No way. This is, just doesn't happen. Uh, this happens quite often after a ball game on, say, Monday. Uh, that's uh, known as the reaming out, uh, but uh, <laughs> that's what that's known as. <laughs> now, what the hell happened to you? Uh, you know they're showing the films. He says, "What the? Wait, wait stop it! Stop! Go, go on back! I want to go back three frames. I want to see that again. Look at that stupid! What the hell are you doing on that? You know, there you are standing around, looking up at the stands, and the guys running by you. You know." <laughs> You not only missed your block, you didn't even know the ball had been snapped yet. So, uh, and it comes out on a film. That's really terrible when you see yourself on a film making a terrible thing. And and what's worse sometimes, when you really do something great, you're just out of the frame. That's always a goodie. You know, you've thrown this magnificent block, and somehow the frame, you were just out of the frame when it happened, and you know you did it. But the, on this particular day, the coach walks around, and he says, look, he says, fellas, he said, this is a traditional game. He said, you know, and he said, Tech, is not, uh, Tech hasn't, hasn't really won a ball game. Uh, the only two ball games they won, they won one against the school of nursing uh, down in LaPorte, you know, and they had all them student nurses. And uh, that, they only won that one seven to nothing. And uh, what a come, come on a fumble. And then they actually scored a, the ball. And uh, they also won that other game. Uh, uh, nobody's been able to find out who the hell it was they beat. But it came through on the ticker tape that they won a game three weeks ago, and nobody knows who the school was. So uh, let's take it easy on them. What do you say? Well, so all of us are sitting around there kind of laughing and, and enjoying it. And we <laughs> The door opens, we go trotting out on the field. Now, you're expecting me to tell you that unexpectedly they beat us, aren't you? Well, you're wrong, as you so often are. 
they did not unexpectedly beat us. However, <laughs> however, a very interesting thing did happen. That uh, we, the, we go out there and the flip. You see, they th they flip the coin to see who's going to get the going to receive. Well, right for starters, this team was such a loser that they lost the flip. Now you feel kind of sorry when a, when a when a raggle taggle club comes out there and they've got their new uniforms. This was the year they had new suits and they were magnificent uniforms. This other club they had they had the brown and gold, a dark brown, a real dark chocolate brown and gold uniforms, big gold helmets. You know, they really looked great. It's sad though to see that uh, they look good, but you knew they were losers. And uh, we waited out there and they flipped. And uh, our our. Uh, our uh, captain, the team captain, he, he chose to kick off. Now, this is very rarely done. When you choose to kick off, uh, often that's, that's kind of a courtesy to the other team. Did you know that? Did you? Generally, a team wants to get the ball, because the more you have the ball, obviously, the better chance you got at scoring. You don't score often. So, sure enough, we, we chose to kick off. So we line up. And uh, at the kickoff, and I was sitting on the bench at that time. I was not on the kickoff team. We had another uh, a bunch of guys went out for a kickoff. See, so we line up. We're sitting there waiting, and uh, we had this kicker that could really kick. And so he goes back to his, you know, goes back to kickoff, and he looks down the field, and boom, they start beating the drum, boom, 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 boom. You know, the guys run forward to kickoff, and boom, he gets off that kick. I want to tell you that baby goes two yards behind. The, the just this beautiful high arching kick end over end is two yards into the into the end zone, and this tech safety man grabs a ball, runs forward about a foot and a half, just gets over the goal. He should have grounded it. Just gets over the goal line, is hit heavily by a guy we had named Zimba. Zimba was seven feet nine, weighed two hundred and ninety five pounds, and Zimba, when he got rolling, could seriously have gone right through a brick wall. Zimba later went on to become an All-American and incidentally was five times All-Pro at Green Bay. So <laughs> already he was a pro, see. So Zimba hits this poor little guy who was a safety man who was going forward. Zimba hits him with a... Oh, you could feel it. We're sitting back. Now, why Zimba did this, I don't know. He just hit him. You just said, just pure animal fury. He hit him. You just a crunch. The ball goes up in the air. Somebody grabbed it, fell on it, and we had a touchdown. On the kickoff, six to nothing. <laughs> well, <laughs> at that point, uh, we kicks the extra point. We line back up the kickoff again. You ready for this? We line back up there to kickoff again. We kick off. The, the same kid catches it two yards in the end zone, starts arching up. This time, he's not going to go up the middle. He runs laterally, cuts up the sideline, gets up to about the six-yard line, is hit and fumbled. The ball is picked up by a guy named Fred Kyle. He falls on it. We now got the ball on the six-yard line. Two plays later, we score. Well, the kickoff team is in there all, <laughs> all the time. Well, you're waiting to hear the point of the story, aren't you? Well, I'll tell you the point of the story. The point of the story came roughly four plays or five plays into the, the, the first quarter. And this time, they are kicking off. Now, how they are punting. It was a punt. It was a punt play. I'll never forget it. They are punting from their own nine-yard line. And we are now I'm in the ball game. I'm, we're, we're back around our own, oh, roughly 45, 50-yard line. And I'm, I'm waiting for the kick. See, and this guy kicks a, a punt. 
and the ball goes in the air. Shepard goes down under it with three other guys. I don't want to tell you what happened. All right, you want to hear it? Shepard goes down under it, circles under the punt, and, and by the way, gives the gives the signal to the two guys on the either side of him, form the interference. Shepard is going with this one. The ball comes down, hits Brighton Light, the first day game we've had all year. And remember, we've been playing night ball. This ball was visible all the way. To, you, you, I could see the laces as it's coming all the way. <laughs> Do I have to tell you what happened? Have you ever wondered about a fumble? Have you ever watched guys and you say, how the hell can he drop that one? There is no explanation of it. The ball is one minute in your hand, and the next minute it's not in your hand. The ball just went in my hand, just out like that. With that, the same kid, the same kid, the one that had been tackled twice behind the end zone, he is there, he grabs the ball in the air, and he is gone for a TD. That is the first legitimate touchdown scored against the club all year. And guess who caused it? Well, <laughs> all I could say to you at that moment, there's a stunned silence. And we go back, we trot back to the bench, say we're getting ready for, to receive the kickoff. We trot back, and the coach walks back, and he says, listen, you. He says, this is a traditional game, but it ain't that traditional. He says, what the hell were you giving him that ball for like that? He figured I did it purposely. See? I says, well, uh, you know, I figured Thanksgiving... He says, Thanksgiving hell. He says, now get back in there. And he says, I don't want to see any more of that hanky-panky show. You know, cut it out. So we go back in there, and three plays later, again, there's a pass this time, a pass. Shepard sees the ball in the air. It's a, a, a perfect interception. Perfect interception right in my hands. I see uh, I see a, a lane all the way to the goal line. I hit up, up I go gone. Well, we sat in the in the dressing room at the halftime and the coach says, you know, he's walking around. He says, you know, he says, you know, it's a very interesting game. He says, very interesting game we're having here today. By the way, at that time, we're ahead 27 to 7. He says, it's a very interesting game. He said, I want to see, he says, I want to see a few more of those plays that uh, you've been saving up for this day. You know, I want to tell you one thing, though, however. I'm going to have to explain something to you. He says there's three college scouts right now in the stands. That's the first time that I knew this. And I, and I would like to point out that everybody on the squad sort of squished down, sat down low. And that, 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 that realization we've been playing the worst sloppy football that we'd played all year before the only time we've been scouted really all year. So we went out on the field the next half and in the last half of the game scored 43 points. But it was too late. Somehow we knew, somehow we knew and, you know, it's funny about the traditional games. Uh, <laughs> all right, now, I'll ask you some uh, some questions about traditional games. What's what's the, the traditional game in the city of Cincinnati? I mean, do you know, do you know what the traditional uh, ball game is in Cincinnati? What's the traditional game in uh, Philadelphia? And, uh... 
You don't know any of these things? I mean, I'm amazed. What is the traditional game in, uh, uh, let's say, in... Uh, well, of course, the Army-Navy game has always been a traditional game. Uh, and uh, with Cincinnati, you don't know what that was? Well, the, the traditional game in Cincinnati is the University of Cincinnati versus Xavier. Uh, <laughs> that's a big thing. And uh, I, don't, I don't know what this has got to do with... Uh, bring it up there, please. Get you guys calm in there. You look a little confused. Sorry. It'll work out. Although I must say that the the, the most uh, uh, memorable Thanksgiving game that I was ever involved in was the time that it set a new record for that area. And on that date, in rain, it uh, it was about 36 degrees, and <laughs> it was a cold, sleeting rain. You know, November is a mean month, man. And and it started to rain roughly noon. And by the time of the kickoff, the rain was coming down so hard that it was difficult to see from the 50-yard line, difficult to see the goal line, you know, with the goal post down there. Fantastic rain. And by the end of the first quarter, roughly, I would say there was less than 75 people in the stands. And by the end of the first half, the field was not only awash with rain, but it was beginning to freeze. <laughs> there were great puddles of frozen frozen uh, frozen water and mud and glop and we continue to play out the ball game it's traditional after all you know I've never heard a game called off in the middle of the game I've known of several it should have been uh, but by the end of the third quarter we couldn't even see when you were in a huddle you couldn't see the other side huddling for its defensive huddle a great tradition friend. this is WOR New York stay tuned for In Conversation